Hey guys, the show is about ready to start, but really quick, I wanted to grab your attention, tell you to have a pencil and paper ready. I have some very important information you're going to want to stick around for after the show regarding updated contact information, websites, and more. Everything's changed. Holy cow. What do I mean? Everything's ready to start. I gotta run. Stick around after the show and I'll get you filled in. Welcome to this podcast. Get ready. Here we go. GOST Radio proudly presents Random Illusions, the podcast where the occult community goes for its listening pleasure. I'm your host, Shasta Ray. Grab a cup of coffee, grab a cup of tea, or grab a glass of wine at the end of a long day if that's what you want to do. Kick back, settle in, and hang out with me for just a little bit while we chat it up about magic. Good evening! Welcome to Season 2, Episode 33. I'm your host, Shasta Ray. And I am joined in the studio tonight by everybody's favorite occultist, the acoustic alchemist, the musical mystic, Tim Cheesebrow. Say hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. I'm a dad that is it's not really optional. Is what not optional? Dad jokes. Oh, there's dads that listen. Yeah. They're always going to be looking for dad jokes. They got to have that humor going on. It's essential. Actually, speaking of dad jokes, I want to do a very quick impromptu shout out to my cousin Lynn and her mother Mary, and I just got in touch with them. We hadn't talked in somewhere between 25 and 30 years or something. I'm not even sure, and I about fell on the floor. They're not even that far from me, so I'm going to go see them next month. It was so cool. So yay, Lynn, and yay, Mary, and my cousin John. I don't want to leave him out either. So, um, hey, I'll be seeing you guys next month. Yeah, that's that. That was a really cool story. Yeah, lots I'm of dad, lots of dad stories with that one. We had lots of dad stories. So, anyway, <laughs> go for the dad jokes all you want. So, um, hey, just to recap, uh, the month of August, we are doing a little bit of shadow work where we're working on those inner blockages to help us, you know, get past old emotional scars. It helps you in your mundane life. It helps you in your magical life. When you've got blockages and you're not letting yourself receive in various ways, and it could be all kinds of ways, your magic won't work. It's going to fall flat on its face. But also in your your personal life, it's going to hold you back in a lot of ways. So it's always a good thing to work on all of those personal issues we don't like to face and that hurt a lot. But you know what? Rip the Band-Aid off. And we're providing fun ways to do it. So you could join in on the Oracle Card Challenge. That's always an option. And it's not just limited to Oracle Cards, any divination tool. But if it's your usual divination tool, push yourself outside of your comfort level and try something different with it to learn a little bit deeper. Hey, Shasta, what's the Oracle Challenge? What's the Oracle Challenge? That is where you're going to use an Oracle deck or um, tarot cards. If you like, I want to focus on Oracle decks because so many people are so intimidated by the tarot system. There's a lot of symbolic pictures and you have to interpret and then see how the cards work with each other. 
sometimes it's nice to have a divination system. You can just shuffle the cards. You have that fun aspect of cards and you just draw one and there's one thing to read and then you can contemplate it and different decks appeal to different psyches. You can take it as playful, as simple, or as deep as you want with the Oracle decks. There's one for everyone out there. I'll say like, I was a bit skeptical about Oracle decks because I thought they were trite, I guess. But I started using them because of the challenge, and um, they are spooky accurate. Oh my Um, gosh. I'm a fan now. I don't know if your psyche is easier to tap into it or if you're, it makes you more comfortable because you don't have to interpret stuff. I don't know, but I've been finding the same thing. And since I have all these different Oracle decks in the store, I am testing them and I'm trying all different kinds and they're all equally as fun to use and equally as accurate. They're weird. They're very weird tool. (laughs) I love it. I love them. They're a little more intuitive. Yeah. And if you're an intuitive person, it might click with you a little more. If you're more the studious type, tarot might be more your jive because there's a lot more symbolism, memorization of, of things, and, and, um, and oracle decks are really kind of feely. But I find that they're, they're really easy to use. There's one really bizarre deck I found. I have it in the store, but I don't know how much. The artwork is crazy. It's super psychedelic but it's called Tarot D and the author has taken the regular tarot system, but he added another suit and some other major arcana type cards or something. And it has a total of 102 cards. It's a really intense system. So um, I sent one to Taylor Elwood to test because I figure if anyone can figure it out, it's going to be him, but uh, I'm hoping he'll see what, he thinks of that, but it looks like That's a really cool. Nothing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Here, Taylor. <laughs> I was talking to him on the phone. He's like, yeah, let me check it out. It's like, okay. And then I've been, I need to read mine more because it's kind of an intense deck, but it looks super cool. So I might add that in there, but yeah, if, uh, if people like tarot, there's no reason you can't. And I always tell people, you don't even have to memorize tarot. You can use a, find a really good guidebook that resonates with you. I like the, uh, what was it? The idiot's guide to tarot. And I don't have a copy of it down here in the studio. Uh, the, it, it's one of the idiot's guides. And then I use the galaxy tarot app on my phone. And if you don't mind the ads, you can have that for free. And it has incredible easy interpretations where you can just browse the cards and read their regular and uh, reversed interpretations. So you can even play along with this challenge with just an app on your phone just to get a taste for if you like it. I wonder if there's Oracle card uh, apps. Oh, I'm sure there is. There's an app for everything. So yeah, you could do an app. Hey, people out there, if you like surfing on your phone, you have nothing nothing else to do and you find some Oracle apps that are fun, that you find interesting and accurate, hit me up on the website, randomillusions.com. There's a comment link there, or you could leave me a voicemail. And let's let's get some listener participation out there. But yeah, this is a really fun thing to do. But if you start doing a any kind of divination, you can tap into your deeper psyche. You can ask it questions to reveal what's holding you back or how to approach stuff. Then you're going to know maybe what to structure your magic. You can use magic to help you with your blockages and your your blockage removal. But 
With all good magic, you have to do your work in the mundane, which is why I drugged Tim into this episode once again, <laughs> because he has an incredible way to kind of tap into your shadow work and help you with self-help and different things that plague us in the mundane world. And a lot of us experience a lot of the things that Tim can help with. Yeah, so I'd say... 11, 12 years ago or so, I started a nonprofit called Discover Music, and we were, we were looking at public education, and we were seeing a gap in music education where there were kids who really loved music but didn't really feel a fit with band or choir or orchestra. Like, they were kind of the, maybe the outcasts or the, you know, kind of group that keep to themselves. And, uh, but, but there was nothing going on in school that really catered to their interests. So I worked to develop a curriculum that uh, aligned to state standards and all of that stuff uh, so the kids could get credit for it. And then started delivering this uh, songwriting course where kids like that could get a valid musical education where we teach about music theory and all the same stuff that they would learn in band and choir. Um, but we do it through a lens of popular music and the kids are allowed to use songs they like and they're encouraged to uh, write music that's in styles they like. And then at the end of the course, we go to a studio and every kid gets to record one of their tracks. And again, like any genre is welcome because we got we got folks here that could play just about anything. So. I kind of got this all-star band put together that can really play any style, any genre. And so it's great to have them back the kids up because then when they get their tracks back, it just it feels so cool to hear your, cool. your song. It's a fully produced track. Now, one sample of that, if I'm not mistaken, is the last time I did one of your playlists a couple weeks back. Isn't that Black Widow song that was on there in the mix? Wasn't your, that a student song that you produced? Yeah. Yeah. She actually, she took my class three years in a row. <laughs> wow. It was the, it was the same material. And I, I kept, I told her, I was like, hey, you know, you heard all this before. You don't have to take it. She's like, no, but, but I want to because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some Which good stuff coming out of it then. Right? Like, well, I mean, if, if you, you can kids, get if you can if you get can kids get, enthusiastic yeah. about it, it's got to be good. That's what I'm saying, and that that is part of what's missing. That's the gap we saw, and so I'm like, hey, if, if we can bring something to you know, and it's not for every kid, but you find certain kids that that really connect with it, and it's an option. It's, it's the coolest thing for them. Like it's it's the you know, I had a couple of kids say like, man, this is the only reason I come to school. Wow. And it's uh it's awesome because because you're using music to motivate them to do other good things for their mind and their body and their soul. And and I think it's a really positive. Program. That's amazing. So, and well see the the other thing that I think is really cool about this is not everyone out there is gonna realize resources like this exist. And I've told you, I have some musical instruments I tootle around with. I keep myself entertained. But when you 
hit your 50s, you can't learn from like a children's program to learn an instrument. It doesn't work and the process doesn't work. And you may have an interest in doing something musical. You don't think you can because you you don't have the interest of going through like formal lessons and training and stuff. It just seems like something you can't fit in your life. I've seen that over and over. But people want to learn mu- music. They want an option. And this is great. This is something anyone could do if they wanted to try something like this, especially someone that writes poetry or short stories or anything. Yeah. And that's kind of the beauty of songwriting is it's accessible to anyone and everyone from any walk of life. It's, you know, there's no, there's no barrier to entry with social or economic status because all you really need is a writing utensil and something to write on. If you got those two things, you can be a songwriter. Many a great uh, song has been written in lipstick on a napkin, you know? (laughs) Um, So it's awesome in that it is so accessible. And right now there are so many great tools online that even if you don't know music, you can put together a great track. If you go on YouTube, there is a channel called Unfinished Songs. And this dude has put together hundreds of tracks and he labels them with what chords they are and he'll say this is the intro this is the verse this is the chorus uh, but it's just the backing instruments and then you have to write the lyrics and melody yourself that's one way to go if you don't know how to play there's another person out there that called elevated jam tracks also on youtube and they show you the chord progression and even how to play it on the guitar. They show you scales that go along with it. And then they have like a 10 minute jam. Well, you could turn one of those jams to a song and make it your own. So there's, even if you don't play, there are so many resources out there to write and do what you need to do to get what's on the inside out. You could even go on, what is that, Fiverr.com and find all kinds of musicians that'll write songs uh, and help out with that that are just looking for work. And inexpensive, too, and good, very good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's college kids all over looking to make a couple of bucks and, and play some guitar for you. It's, use it. It helps them. It helps you. So in developing this system and working with kids and all that and hand in hand with shadow work, what kinds of things have you seen people do to do like a self-help or address problems that maybe they can't talk to other people about or deal with scars, emotional scars, anything? Have you seen a lot of self-help with this sort of a program? Yeah, unfortunately, but uh, I had one student couple of years ago who used uh the song that she did for class to come out to her parents as being homosexual and it was a huge step for her because while we're writing the song we're also talking about what it might be like when she sings it to them and trying to process those feelings and um you know it was kind of a good thing that this was a six-week class because (laughs) <laughs> we kind of had a little journey to go on, but far as I know, when she got there, her parents were pretty cool with it. So that was a positive result. Wow, that's pretty. Let's inspiring. see, there was a, there was and- one, well, there was another, and this was a tragic situation where 
these twin girls had witnessed their parents in a murder-suicide situation. Mm. And the other twin was nonverbal because of the event. And so this student uh, decided to take this opportunity to use uh, her song to basically write what she feels to her sister. And I, it was, it was a gorgeous piece, you know, wow. and I think they both healed a little bit from it. So, um, that was, that was really powerful. And then there was one other kid. So his, his father was abusive and had recently been put in jail. So he, he wrote this song to his little brother, basically saying, you know, I know a bunch of bad stuff happened, but like from now on, I'm going to protect you and you're going to be okay. And was just, I mean, it was a really empowering Wow, song. that's cool. And his, his mom contacted me a couple weeks later and was like, man, I, I don't know what happened in that class, but he is a different kid now. Wow. So that was, that was pretty cool. I've seen a lot of students go on to form bands of their own and you know i get a i get an email a couple of years later like hey man come out to our cd release show um so that's that's always awesome and then oh and here's um there was a girl who was fairly autistic she she wasn't terribly verbal even though she was super smart and she really had a hard time making eye contact with people and she took my class two years in a row and the second year she wrote this song that was again again really empowering for herself and was kind of one of those like you know power chick songs but it was it was so cool that she sang it and then i kid you not the next year she's not enrolled in my class but when i see her on the first day of school she looks me in the eye shakes my hand and goes nice to see you tim how was your summer oh wow and i'm going How cool and I'm I'm not saying that this class had everything to do with it. I think it contributed, and she did most of the work, or all she did all the work. But yeah. my point is just like I've seen it used in such a way that that kids are able to help make themselves better, which you know, it's expression, it's in, it's empowerment, and it's it's all these great things that that kids need to be fully functioning humans. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so what about like a lot of our listener base is adults and they're people like us and all different age ranges. And like I said before, there's all different things in the world that can affect us different ways, past scars, hence the shadow work, problems that life gets us down, depression, anxieties, all kinds of stuff. I feel like this has a way to help people free a part of their mind that maybe they don't know how to talk about or focus on something healthy instead of we have a lot of toxic activities around us that we do nowadays rather than health, healthy activities. How do you feel about how this might help someone at their shadow work aspect of working on themselves for ascension, better magic, better life, all that? Well, I'm going to attack it two ways, I think. One being personal, the other being social. So for the personal aspect of shadow work, songwriting is so great because it encourages you to delve into your memories. 
into your true feelings about things, into your interpretations of the world, and to give that voice and presence and to describe it, which I think that is uh, something that a lot of us skip about feelings because we use these broad generalizations like I'm feeling mad, sad, happy, whatever. They're very big umbrellas, mm-hmm. right? But when you're songwriting, you're forced to name it and to give it a metaphor. And it really dredges a lot of stuff out of you to have to go through that mental process. So that's great for shadow work. Also, you can use songs to express your thoughts about things in the world. And maybe that's what you have to dredge up. Well, you can use songwriting to encounter those uncomfortable feelings in a really healthy way or let's say you're super angry or super sad get, take it out on your guitar man it's an awesome tool for managing those things i'm not going to kid you that when you know when we were in our 20s kind of starting in the workforce and you're got a lot of frustrations because you're bottom of the totem pole and all that stuff we would just play gigs on the weekends to blow off steam because we just you know we had all this pent-up energy. Um, yep. Take it I've out on your guitar. I've seen other musicians do that, too. It also gives you a chance to maybe tell your story in a more safe way. Because let's say you're in a situation that's really, really awful. And you are scared to identify yourself. You can always write a song about a fictional person. Or you can write a song about you observing someone else in that situation. Mm. Um, But you can use like second and third person or like first person omniscient, sorry, third person omniscient to basically mask what you're really writing about, which is you and nobody can hold you to it. So that's, um, I've seen it used that way. And also music has this, super sweet nameless quality that transcends all languages and all culture barriers and that's why there's a solo section in every song Mm. well not every song there's a solo section in a lot of songs yeah many songs because there gets to be a point where what you're trying to express can't be expressed in words words are too fickle words are too small so You express it totally through music. And what's cool is that everyone gets it and they all kind of get it the same way. So that's where I, I mean, I think a really big power of music lies in that, which transitions to talking about the social aspects of music and how it can help. I mean, first of all, it can help society. Yeah. There was a song that literally helped a dictator in Panama step down. There was a song that was responsible for bringing down the Berlin Wall. Like music can be super powerful. And if you want to galvanize people, if you want to get a message out to folks in a way that they don't have to rally around it like a political speech, but you want them to feel it in their gut, you write a song about it. Get that out there. And that's how you get people to feel things, to make change. Music is super powerful that way. Absolutely. Um, A little more close in, there's performance, which even if you're not an aspiring performer, you don't want to play in a big stage, 
just find a local coffee joint that does an amateur hour or an open mic or a, something like that. Because everyone there is going to be in your shoes, too. And they just want someone to hear their song and someone that they can talk to about their music. It's a wonderful thing. It's I've been to tons of them. They're so fun. And um, yeah, music has this interesting quality about it. It's uh, it's one of the only art forms that's truly ephemeral in that it only exists in the moment in which it's being perceived. And as soon as no one's perceiving it, it ceases to exist. Not like art, like a painting will be a painting anywhere, everywhere. But a song's only a song if someone's listening. How well, interesting. Yeah. There's something to that with the social aspect of performance. You are sharing something so fundamental to the human soul when you are performing that everyone in the room that's paying attention can't help but be bound together by it. And I've seen it happen so many times. It is just the most beautiful so thing. So have I. So People have I. share a musical. I mean, instant friends, you know? Yes, that's, I've had that. Have had that's that happen. one of the things. Then there's jam sessions. So those aren't performances, but they're musicians of all experiences that get together and they play tunes that everyone knows in common. So I used to have this I used to have this cafe called the Underground Music Cafe, and we had music there every night of the week. But Tuesdays we had a bluegrass jam and Sundays we had a Cajun music jam. And folks would just show up with their instruments, and they'd pick, and they'd grin. And sometimes they'd be like, hey, stop making coffee. Grab an instrument and jump in. <laughs> and, uh, and it's fun. Like, you know, even if you don't know a whole lot of music, the thing is, the atmosphere there is, hey, bud, watch me. I'll teach you. So those are super cool. Definitely go to those. And in, in any city of a good size, you're going to find a bluegrass session or an Irish session or some kind of picking session going on. They happen everywhere. They're free. Just show up to your guitar or whatever you play. Yeah. And there's even um, one that's really easy for people to get into. And it may not be for everyone, like you said, but you could grab a drum and join a drum circle or a, a percussion instrument. There are always local people that just meet to do drumming, and that's pretty good for the soul. And that gives you that same kind of release, too. And sometimes that can be a little less intimidating. People can show you different ways to play the drum. If you're doing a djembe or anything, you could get even some cheap little bongo drums and join in. So if you play didgeridoo like me, that's always uh, welcome at stuff like that, too. So there's always options for people to find Oh, like fellowship and, and uh, community in this sort of thing. Absolutely. And I can't think of a better way than playing with your friends. I mean, I'm sure you got friends that play something or sing or, you know, anything musical. Play with your friends. There is no better feeling. Uh, here's Here's another one. This is actually very, very good for a psychological release. And then I want to finish up talking about your program a little more. So my business partner and I would sometimes we would just invite friends over and we got ourselves a, a fairly OK, but not 
super high dollar, but it had good sound karaoke machine. And it we called it Cheater Karaoke. So if you wanted to just sing along with your regular recording of, you know, what you would hear on the radio, because sometimes that's less intimidating, we allowed that. But you could sing along with any of the karaoke discs or anything that we had going on with that. And we just had fun doing karaoke and nobody was allowed to boo anybody. You had to applaud like everyone was a rock star and everyone had fun with it. Like we made that rule. Nobody could be a bad singer, no matter what. Nobody could get laughed at and nobody could be intimidated by it. So if you wanted to just sing along with your regular songs, we called it cheater karaoke. So that's always fun, too. And singing is very good. It's, It's great for depression. Singing is a natural antidepressant. And think about how you feel when you're belting it out in the car and no one can hear you, hear you, you know, it's a very good release. So, yeah, that's another option, too. So one thing I wanted to to outline, you've told me this, you have kind of two parts to this songwriting for wellness program. And the first part was a lot of intense research that you did. And then the second half is the actual program. You want to talk a, a little about about how many people you talk to and the nature of who you talk to for that first half of the book? <laughs> yeah, that uh, that was a trip and a half uh, putting that together. So, like I said, the way I would deliver my program is primarily through public schools because I could get a contract and there'd be a captive audience and it worked. But I had a lot of adults coming up at shows saying, gosh, I could, man, I could really use this. Do you do you give classes for adults? And I'm like, eh, no, not really, because I don't really know how that would work. So I decided, you know what, I'll just write a book and then adults can read it and do it themselves and just put it all in there. But I felt like before putting that out, I should probably do a little research and make sure that, you know, what I'm saying's got solid ground. So I ended up doing a lot of interviews with neuroscientists and psychologists and psychiatrists and music therapists, musicians, songwriters, music teachers. I read a lot of books about the science of music and sound. I ended up uh, had, had a friend, um, a music therapist, who ended up lending me like 30 academic journals of music therapy that had to do with songwriting. Wow. And uh, so I did, I did a lot of really in-depth research to figure out how does sound affect the mind and the body and, you know, what are some anecdotes or some metaphors that illustrate those things. So I stuck all those in there just so that by the time you get to the practical songwriting part, hopefully even the scientifically minded people will be convinced of the power of music. I like it. And then the second half is all of the how-to part, right? Is that the right way to say it? Yeah. There's some rudimentary music theory, just so you kind of know what a chord is, what a scale is, and how to put them together. Then there's a whole bunch of stuff about lyricism, which is a little different than poetry. But I use a system where everything is very intuitive about how to count syllables and how to put together a rhyme scheme and and then we go into how to add layers of meaning into your song how to make it go from blah to wow that's actually kind of interesting to cool. wow that's nice. a great song and then i 
include a couple exercises at the end for stuff you want to, might want to try. And for those who want to pursue that path for wellness, I've got a songwriter's journal that has kind of a cheat sheet in the first five or six pages of important songwriting stuff from the book. And then the rest of the pages are lined paper. There's uh, some like guitar charts in there to put chords in. And then each one starts with an activity prompt. And the idea would be in, you do the activity to get your juices flowing. You sit down with your instrument, you write a song. Bada boom. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, how many different formats do you have this on? Kindle, ebook, PDF, hard copy, audiobook. The audiobook actually was recorded by my friend and piano tuner, Simon Husbands, because he is a Minnesota transplant from uh, London and has the most alluring accent. I, just, <laughs> I was like, would you please read my book? I feel like if you read my book, people would think I'm really smart. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes off that way. I'm like, oh, wow, I can't believe I said that. So, no, wait, I didn't say it so beautifully. He said it so beautifully. Um, <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, was... <laughs> well, you know what I think we should do? This is such a wonderful program. Tim has this so that you can have this program. This It's available to you for free for anyone that wants it, wants to explore it. And I'm going to have, I'm going to actually put you in the friends and guests link and we're going to have our own blurb for this program. So I'll have the free link on there. And if you would like to support Tim's work, he also has this in all the other formats on Amazon. So I'll have all of those on there and they're very, very affordable. Every little bit helps. And it's a nice gesture. And you might have the hard copy or the audio copy to listen to that wonderful accent. So, yeah, but don't, if you don't have the means, don't feel like you need to do that. I mean, that's what that's what the free copy is there for. I want to make sure Ruby's got access. And as part of the Oracle Card Challenge and Shadow Work Challenge, anyone that ends up exploring this program, you get the free downloads, you have fun with it, you do something with it. The final part of the challenge, and it is ongoing, there is no expiration date, if you end up writing a really cool song, you get it put to music, send me a copy. Let's feature it on the podcast. Heck yes, bro. <laughs> I mean, they could even contact me and say, hey, could you produce this for me? And I can do that. That'd be fun. Okay. Yeah. Now. <laughs> He's good at it. He does music. He's awesome. And folks, this is incredible. Just for the podcast, Tim has offered an incredible price. So if anybody would like to use his services, normally he charges $50 an hour for the podcast. He will do, what, what did you say, $39 an hour for the production work? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's, that's, a, that's a good chunk of change off of his regular rates. And he is a trained professional, people. He could probably also give you advice on, you know, other means like the, we'll get those other links on there. What was it? The unfinished songs and elevated jam tracks. Am I remembering that right? Yeah. Yeah. Unfinished songs, elevated tracks. Okay. Let's, let's, let's uh, get those links. We'll put that in your little 
friends and guests section too. So people have those resources and maybe we'll put the link for Fiverr. Well, as long as you're doing that, I put the links for one more, which is a musician on a mission. And what is that one? That is a home recording, I guess, webcast, YouTube cast. I don't know. But this, uh, this guy talks all about practical stuff on how you can record things at home. Cause again, I don't want you to feel like, Hey, you got to hire someone to make these things come true. You can absolutely do it yourself. And awesome. if you walk up on musician on a mission, you'll be in a pretty good spot. I mean, his, his stuff is pretty spot on and you can get going on an, your own recording setup for less than 300 bucks. Sweet. So just saying now, another option I just want to throw out there really quick for people that, they like to dabble or whatever. You've always wanted to play an instrument, but here again, you're at an age where you're not going to take lessons and practice every day like you would have in, you know, fifth grade band or something. I I have bought myself flutes. I have didgeridoos. And you know what? Sometimes I just sit down. I've learned a couple scales. I learned the basics on how to play something without any lessons. You know, you can always get a scale chart fingering udemy.com is a good resource for things and just entertain yourself let your head go let your mind go get all your daily activities and worries out of your head and just entertain yourself with trying to make sounds that are appealing to you and that amuse you sometimes that's just kind of a fun way to do an active meditation you you have thoughts that enter your head you get entertained by it it can relieve worries and get just all of your your funk out of your head for a moment you know it's another just healthy thing to do instead of some of these toxic activities that we engage in when we're trying to escape reality i guess i got a good activity actually for that oh so one of the instruments that i love to play for meditative purposes is the native american flute mm, yes that's another one it's uh, um it's set in a minor pentatonic scale, which means that there's only five notes, but there's also no wrong notes. So Anything whatever you, you play is going to sound good. Yep, yeah. I have a few native flutes. I've got recorders, I've got a regular flute, and I've got like three native type flutes. And yeah, you cannot play them wrong. It's impossible to play them wrong and hit a sour note. So that's another great one. If you want to do this Native American flute thing, I would encourage you to go to bluebearflutes.com. Yes. Blue Bear Flutes is uh, an awesome flute maker down in Georgia. He's Native American, so you can feel good about making sure that the, the money for these instruments stays within their own communities. And he I has. Bought one, a, I bought one from him. That was so weird that you knew him. We talked about this once, people. I have one of this guy's flutes. I bought one about three years ago for myself <laughs> for my birthday, and it is quality. It is really nice craftsmanship on these flutes. I asked Charlie to make a classroom set of flutes, and then he did a five-session, one-hour-a-piece tutorial for my kids on how to play Native American flute. This guy's he, awesome. Yes. He has resources um, on his website too. A, so. Yeah, and he's got he's got a flute called the Love Flute, which sells for thirty three bucks. I mean, it is it is nothing if you want to get into this. 
And then there's a practice that you can do called playing the land where you find you get up on a high spot and then you look at the tree line and you interpret that tree line musically. Oh, so how if fun. there's a big peak, you play a high note. If there's a low thing, you play a low note and you try and play whatever the landscape is and see what song it makes. It's it's, it's such a great activity. I love doing oh it. Oh my gosh, that just sounds fun. I did it at uh, I did it at Sedona once, and I had people come up after me, like uh, after I was done, like, "Oh, dude, I thought that was like a recording, like piped through a stereo or something." <laughs> 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 they were just they were weirded out because I like I tucked myself in a little crack in a rock. <laughs> oh, the funny! Food. Oh my gosh, that's funny. So, like, we were talking. You've got three spirit so if someone's interested in pursuing any kind of music uh you thought they might be particularly helpful so people could look that up and then after that we also had just a couple practical books that we were going to offer in case someone's not interested in music but they're still interested in something that is very accessible so let's talk about the angels you mentioned well i think my my number one influence would probably be sandalfon now He's kind of the twin to Metatron, another one of those very powerful angels. But his his powers are a little more subtle. He's gifted music, for sure. But what he's really good for is quintessence, which is it's the feeling you get when you are in wonder and awe of something. And... He's great at helping you find that quality in everyday life, helping you see the inherent beauty in things and helping you see the beauty in yourself and the people, which makes for great songwriting. It also makes then, for great shadow um, work. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I recently even worked with Sandalfon and asked for that same thing. And the next day I was just driving somewhere and I was feeling kind of bleh. And then I kind of I looked at the sky and I, I I saw the clouds in a certain way. It like changed my perspective where everything kind of looked like a painting. And I thought, my God, how beautiful this super ordinary cloudy day! It's just gorgeous. And I knew that that was Sandalfon saying, you know, there's beauty in everything. You just kind of look at it right. That's cool. So, yeah, he's a great angel for that. My next go-to would be Yofiel, or Jofiel, either way. I like Yofiel because it's easier to sing. <laughs> he's the angel of beauty. Some people say she, doesn't matter, they're genderless. But Yofiel is the angel of beauty. So it's it's less of, like, you know, like I said, Sandalfon helps you the inherent beauty in things. Yofiel kind of shows you the razzle-dazzle. He kind of um, points out the rose amongst all the briars. You know, he helps you focus on the things that are beautiful and block out the things that aren't. Awesome. And for music, that's super helpful because he helps you find these great harmonies and helps you find things that blend together so well and like, oh, if you want to make this thing sound beautiful, you want this here. 
So he's a great angel to talk to for audio production and engineering. How and cool. Last but not least would be Gabrielle, Gabrielle, however you want to say it, because she's the, she's kind of the archangel of music and communication of feelings and things that are kind of mercurial, the night, the moon, all these romantic things that are really necessary for songwriting. So when you want to get in touch with yourself or you want to put yourself in someone else's shoes or you want to like really feel a feeling, you want to embody a feeling, you want to find the right word to say what you're trying to say, Gabrielle is the one who's going to help you find those things. If you want to work on the other side, King Pyman loves music and you can always ask him for creative inspiration or to do well at a performance or just sit like just jam with him. I find that super fun. Yep. I'll just put a track on, put my guitar on and be like, Hey, Pyman, let's jam, dude. With a little <laughs> more reverence than that. He, he likes, he likes being called King Pyman. Yes. Um, but, uh, those have been really fun jam sessions and, um, I got a lot out of him. So he's, yeah, he, he operates a little differently than the angels, but you definitely feel his influence on your music. And I like talking about music when it comes to magic, because it is the language of the angels. You can always thank any spirit. It doesn't matter what spirit it is. If they've helped you with something, you've gone to them in a ritual, you can always thank them in gratitude and that is one of the best ways to express thanks and gratitude to them and then also you could even use this to write your own prayers musical prayers and all sorts of things so this has a lot of applications for magic for shadow work for the mundane and there's still people out there that are going to be like eh, hey you know i can't sing i have no interest in that guess what we have some mundane books for some shadow work reference so we're going to have some of those listeners that are just like, I'm not going to try writing nothing. So let's let's tell them about 42 angels and the 72 names for shadow work, because that's a great option for people that just aren't interested in maybe a musical approach. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of angels in there for creativity, for mental focus, for dealing with feelings and things. And those Anabakoak and Shemhamaferash angels are super easy to connect with. They're they're right there. I mean, same as the Goetia spirits. They're they are right next to us. Yeah. Um, so you kind. I mean, I find that you just kind of have to think their name and they're there. Absolutely. And you know what? When it comes to inner working, shadow work, and all that, that's what they're there for. They're help. They're there to help us with our struggles in this life. Not just mundane stuff like, oh, I need this or I need this bill paid or I need this to happen. They help us find the answers in ourselves to be our best selves. So sometimes you have to face those things you don't want to face, but they're there to walk alongside you while you face them. And I think there, this may also be an unpopular opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Magic is great for practical things, of course. That's kind of... You know, usually our focus is how can these things help me in my day to day life? But I find that what they're really geared for, what they're most 
powerful at is the act of personal transformation and becoming a better self. If you're applying your magic to that, you're going to find so many gains, practical gains, that will come from you being a better person. And that's the true power, I think, of magic. And, and, and it feels like people are focused on results too much sometimes. Yeah. Um, and they forget that if you want to get good results, you got to be a good person, too. Like, you got to be somebody whom good results want to happen to. Yeah. You know? And, well, uh, another thing is getting to know an angel or working with a spirit or anything I mean, we talked about this before. If you spend time getting to know the angels or you pick a couple just to work with on a problem for a while or something that you're trying to overcome or blockages or something, but then you just ask for guidance, you ask for answers, you ask for signs, and you kind of do your work in the mundane thinking, realizing, getting a game plan together they will start guiding you in your thoughts and your realizations and in all of your mundane work to help you with anything. And that kind of goes with anything. But when it comes to the shadow work, that's what they're really there for is to help us be our best selves. We can't be our best selves if we have a bunch of baggage holding us back and making a lot of funk on our lives, you know, a lot of toxicity. So even those angels that are supposedly about destruction, or we've talked about this, even the pentacles that are supposedly about destruction. There's some quote unquote baleful pentacles in the Saturn series. Oh, I use those for work all the time. Um, they help me obliterate the stuff I need to obliterate, man. And sometimes you just need to clear the junk out of your life. And that, that's their true purpose. Not hexing people and making somebody's life a living hell. That's, that's a stupid use of those pentacles. That's like going um, to God and asking him to screw someone over on your behalf, you know? <laughs> yeah. Who? I mean, God may say, okay, but you're a douche nozzle. <laughs> um, <laughs> the real application is, you know, think about it like the goddess Kali from, you know, the Hindi pantheon where she embodies creation and destruction and but it's destruction for creative purposes yeah it's it's raising the forest so that so that new growth can occur it's a controlled burn you know that that's what kali is and i think we can use these baleful pentacles quote unquote or these kind of avenging or like warrior type angels don't set them on your enemies set them on the enemies within yourself and conquer those. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's what's going to get you closer to the divine. Well, another thing is people don't realize this. The spirits that are attached, though, so you've got like these war and attack spirits and concepts going on with some of these pentacles. Use it for life strategy, things that bring you down, things that are your enemies in life as far as you know, the hurdles that you can't quite get over, whatever, have them give you the strategy against people that hurt you or lie to you or uh, when it comes to your career or something. Know that you know, there's always people trying to get you down and stuff like that. Have them help you strategically in your life rather than destructively because they have that knowledge. 
Right. I mean, any, we talked about this before. Any being can do, like, they have a, a skill set wherein they can do the positive or negative aspects of that thing. They have a skill set that can be used for good or ill. Right. And they're equally good at both. So whenever you see a spirit that's labeled as dangerous or whatever, flip the script. Think about, okay, if they're good at that, what's the opposite of that? Because they're good at that, too. And you can use them for those other aspects. And for anyone that's out there kind of intrigued with this, this is a challenge that Tim and I actually came up with between ourselves quite a while back. And that's how we've been using the pentacles. We use all of them, but we only use them for ascension and navigation through life. So it's still another good system for your shadow work. And it rocks your world a bit. <laughs> well, it's the purge. We both, yeah. And it brings it on. And it, if you're not prepared for it, I wasn't. It's scary and bizarre. But coming out the other side of it, I see why it all had to happen. Yeah, well, that uh, that purge is, it can be unexpected. It can be more intense, maybe, than you are bargaining for. It's um, blockage removal, people. It's blockage removal. <laughs> it's, it's extreme blockage removal is what it is. Yeah, and I, I remember being in the middle of it going, what is, what is wrong with me? What, why, ugh. And the answer I got back was, this is what you asked for. You maybe didn't know what you were asking for, but this is this is the process. This is what we're, yep, we're doing what you said. But then, you know, coming out the other side of it, I see exactly why they did what they did. I see why those hardships were important. I had lessons to learn and feel like it was a positive experience overall. You know, every time I've done some intense work with Pentacles, they do that to me. So I always kind of brace myself. And I think that's why people think that they have a backfire or something. They don't realize that this happens. Like they, they talk about attunements and stuff like this or any other magic. They think that it, it backfires, but a lot of times that's just, uh, it's clearing garbage. Yeah. Well, it's easy to mistake one for the other, but I think if you're in the middle of it and you're really worried about it, before you freak out, hunker down, take a look at what's actually happening, and consider, how could this actually be benefiting me? Is this helping me avoid a potential tragedy in the future? Could this be shielding me from something? Is this making me realize something I need to realize before I make an important decision? I think if you do that, you might find that... There's tough love there, but it's love and it wants the best for you, but be prepared to read it correctly. Like if you go online and you tell people, oh my gosh, I'm so distraught. Oh, I use this pentacle and now I'm just feeling blah, 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 blah. You're gonna, your inbox is going to start filling up with people going, well, you know, if, uh, if that pentacle backfired, I got a I got a ritual for you. Here's the invoice. Parasitic uh, entity you know. attachment. Parasitic <laughs> entity attachment. That that you know, I've heard that one going around about, uh, and then people's lives are going to blow up because they use the pentacle as made wrong. 
It's not made wrong. You're perceiving it wrong. You're not using it right. You can't go to God and expect your body to be a temple for communication with a bunch of garbage there. It's going to purge the garbage. If you're going to work with holy angels, I don't care if they're the the vindictive, the wrathful ones, whatever. They're going to make a way for them to reside there to guide you if you ask them in. You don't want your house a mess. And that's part of that purge process. You know, pentacles are directly tied into God energies and to angelic energies and extensions of God. And then all these other planetary type stuff. And that's some intense intelligences. It's not stupid. It knows what it's doing. Well, yeah. What it's what it's doing is it's it's making you more holy. And sometimes that hurts. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I don't regret it at all. I'd welcome it again. I have a it's one of my go to's. I almost don't use my books. I use a couple of books for a couple things. And primarily, I, I've been experimenting, and I've almost found I don't need any books anymore. It's crazy. You go to it for reference you know, guides, and I use them for strategy. So, yeah. Yeah, I I give that some thought, actually, in wondering why there aren't a whole lot of advanced magical texts. There are some that purport to be, but they all seem to kind of regurgitate the same stuff. Or be just totally out of left field, but there's not a whole lot of advanced magical text. And then it kind of dawned on me that, like you said, once you get to a point, you don't need the books. You don't need the authority of anyone else. You recognize your own authority and you have communication with celestial authorities. You can go to them directly. And if you can go to them directly, who needs a book? So why would you write one? Yeah. But yeah, that there's a lot of truth to that cuz if if you're already that advanced, you understand you can experiment, you can almost create your own systems from some of these other systems that exist and I think you and I have kind of been doing that on our own for a while and there's just so much good out there and so many people worry so much and they don't understand the power they have and the tools that they have at their disposal that they don't even have to worry about that much. It's very easy to use. It's very easy to tap into. So whether you do work with angels or you want to work with tools like music, better yourself from it, ascend, try to find better ways of being a better person. And life gets easier. Your thinking gets easier. You'll have moments of panic and stuff, but the the crisis clears out. and the doors that close, you start seeing the other doors open in different ways and in ways that you never did before. Absolutely. Possibilities. Hey, you know what? I think we filled everybody's heads. We've given them books. We've given them a program that they can learn how to empower themselves with music. We've talked about pentacles. And I think maybe we should just close this here so they're all on the edge of the seats waiting for the next adventures that we're going to spring upon them. Sounds good. Right on. So everyone, go out there, get your divination system of choice. Join in on the Oracle Card Challenge. If you've never tried Oracle Cards, give it a try. And if you've got other divination systems, you don't want to break out of that, then push your limits with it. Try it in a different way. You've never used it. 
and try using those divination systems to discover something about yourself that could be holding you back. And then in the mundane world, try to find something that's going to help you get through life without the stress, get past some problems that might be triggering bad responses. There's all different kinds of things we can always be doing. And then that's going to help your connection to your angels and everything. So utilize them too. And uh, I think other than that, what we should just say is keep a smile on your face. Keep a bounce in your step. Keep practicing your magic and always strive for self-betterment. You can't go wrong. And until next time, bye-bye. 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 <laughs> 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 dorks. Thanks for sticking around after the show. Oh my gosh, so many changes and so many things to tell all of you about. We are officially in rerun mode. What does that mean for you? Well, hey, if you listen on your favorite podcast app, nothing is going to change. You will always be able to go back and listen to your favorite episodes and guest spots anytime you want, just as you always have. Again, nothing will change for those of you that use your favorite podcast app. Next, the website will change a little bit. It will change to www.podpage.com slash random illusions, or you can listen directly off the host site, www.randomillusions.buzzsprout.com. Links are now in every episode show notes. Check it out. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash radio. Twitter.com slash GOST radio. If you love YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to the Random Illusions Podcast YouTube channel, the GOST radio YouTube channel, and TikTok. Don't forget to follow us there. Links are down in the show notes. Exclusively for the listener base of Random Illusions, Tim and I are going to continue our coffee.com divinations. Just let us know if you want a rune reading by Tim or a tarot reading by Shasta and what your question is. Give us about two business days and we will respond with a thorough answer to your question, giving you some insight and maybe a little inspiration as well. If you would like to follow Tim and I as we jump into our new leadership roles and all of the new projects we are presenting and working on, don't forget to hit us up. Facebook, privately, Tim Cheesebrow. Shasta Michaels, Random Illusions, or just shoot us an email at magic, M-A-G-I-C-K, at randomillusions.com, and we will send you links as to where you can keep tabs on all of our future endeavors and adventures, and hey, you may want to get involved yourself. You never know. All right, keep your eyes and ears peeled. We will be announcing when we will be back. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. <laughs>